0: Hello and welcome everyone to episode 20 of the VGC Trainers School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by two excellent co-hosts. First off, we have Tyler returning. Tyler, how's it going, man? What's new? Hey,
1: Jake. I'm doing very well. I hope you are. Um, not too much new on my end. Um, I've been extremely busy. Uh, I was able to, you know, watch all of the EUIC this past weekend. Uh, kind of laying it pretty pretty hard and heavy with work. So um, I've been trying to just keep myself satiated with VGC, trying to do a little showdown battling, a little bit of raids going on. Keep Keeping
0: that momentum. I don't want to lose it all, you know. Yeah, you definitely don't want to get rusty. That's the worst thing that can happen. But good. That's uh, That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well myself. But let's welcome in our second co-host, first time on the show, Jack. Now, Jack is someone... At the end of last episode, we put out an announcement to see if people were interested in coming on as a new co-host. And Jack was one of the people that did reach out, and they were interested in joining. So we are... Welcoming them onto the show to see how things go, and uh thank you so much for coming on. It is certainly a a pleasure to talk to you, and it's been nice to meet you. So, so
2: Jack, how's it going? Welcome to the VGC Trainer School Podcast. Thank you very much. It's surreal hearing the intro being performed in real time rather than while I'm listening in my car. But other <laughs> than that, it's been awesome experience. But yeah, been also. Having a bit of off time at the moment, that university is on a bit of a break. So been keeping up with Pokemon, just trying to find a team because it's a bit hard at the moment with on the ladder. But, you know, I've just introd myself real quick. So basically I started VGC two years ago, Sword and Shield era, after I kind of was just playing the game and thought there's probably a competitive scene to this. So I just looked it up on YouTube and that's how I got started. Played a few tours. Discovered I was kind of all right at it. Some notable achievements was like I won Joe UX9's second pop-up tour, which was over 200 players with Quackable. And that was pretty cool in series one. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a very interesting one. And then some have played other tours, done well in those, but I recently went to Sydney regionals and went five and three with a team that was helped built by a person who got top four in Taiwan regionals. So that was a great experience.
0: Very cool. Yeah, there's been a there's been quite a few regionals and tournaments in Australia recently, right? I mean like OCIC was there, then there was Sydney and, and Melbourne.
2: Yeah, so there was a lot in a row, actually. There's no official events now for the rest of the year, which is kind of sad, but everything went quickly and there was a lot of interesting stuff going on. So hopefully people will organize locals that we can attend.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm so happy that those are coming back, especially with the potential of them being premier challenges and, and earn some CP along the way. Are you looking to compete for a shot at going to at going to Worlds?
2: Oh, at one point, absolutely. Obviously okay. life gets very busy. So sure. with regionals and whatnot, it's hard to travel. But I mean, you know, I was I was about ten places off getting CP at Sydney. So it'll be it'll be nice to try and one day work towards that world's invite.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be uh that that's very cool. Definitely a dream for for a lot of people. So um well, great. Thank you so much, like I said, for for coming on and uh certainly happy to have you. That's a lot of exciting stuff that you've been able to accomplish, and I'm sure only you know more stuff to come. For me, I uh yeah, I've been really, really enjoying what I've been doing in Pokemon recently. I am going to the Hartford Regionals in a little more than a month. So I had been focusing a great deal on finding the team that I wanted to play there. But I'm taking a little bit of a break with the global challenge this weekend. My uh, Some of the other members of the podcast and I, along with some other of my friends and I, have we've built or trying to build a global challenge team, something that is a little bit more closed team sheet focused. So I've been that person on Showdown recently that has been rejecting open team sheet. Uh, I'm not usually that person, but I'm not going to lie. It's been a little fun, especially when you get like a surprise tech that, that you know, you would have been able to see an open team sheet kind of gets you a win. So I'm looking forward to this weekend, especially since the last time I was very sick. So I uh, will definitely be playing more than just three games this time. So should be fun.
2: Perfect. Yeah, I've been facing a lot of uh, rejected team sheets on Showdown recently, and that's probably why.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i sure. Got to get that feel for the for the cartridge ladder, I suppose. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump into the agenda for what we have cooking for this episode coming up. So we do have some news to get into before jumping feet first into the EUIC recap, because it was certainly an exciting tournament and see if we can answer the question, is balance the best? But first, let's jump into the news. So Jack... We'll have you take this first one, please.
2: Perfect. So uh, this current weekend, the Blissey raids are returning, as well as the seventh 7-star seven star Typhlosion raids. These are a great way to farm Terrace Shards, especially the Blissey raids they give. I think it's like almost 30 of the type you're battling and then 5 of 3 different types, which is extremely influential. So for the Blissey raids, the... Belly Drum, Flame Orb, Guts, Ursaring is the perfect Pokemon for this. Uh, Facade will Oko okay every type that doesn't resist or have an immunity to normal type, which is amazing for all the Blissey raids as they have low defenses. And for the Typhlosion raids, Annihilate is a good go to, as even if you die a few times, Rage Fist will just keep stacking and will be able to solo the Typhlosion.
0: Uh, when I was running my Ursaring, I had Belly Drum, Facade, I want to say either earthquake or stomping tantrum. And then I think it was night slash or shadow claw, something like that, just to be able to hit the ghost types. And it usually worked out pretty well, but those are fun. You can just sort of like go on autopilot, watch a show, watch a, listen to a podcast something like that while you're just going through those.
2: Yeah, it's good. Um, the the only attacking move is seismic toss from memory so that only does like the same damage as your level so it'll never be able to crit or do any any surprises perfect perfect yeah cool all right
0: well
1: this
2: next one tyler can you please take it
1: absolutely i can so i'm sure many of you have seen but if you have not um there was a new pokemon that was shown in the anime kind of looks like a baby turtle just with a whole bunch of jewels on it 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 hints at a really strong connection to uh terapagos which is one of the new pokemon that was shown for the dlc um but we don't have any additional news on it right now no name or anything like that but as more comes out we'll be sure to give you that info
0: yeah i wanted to include this not because it's necessarily vgc relevant but it's more so it's like i don't know about you guys but i've been so intently focused on vgc recently that the days are just flying by and i kind of realize it's like the dlc is gonna be here sooner than than we think right and i'm just very excited about that because with sword and shield you know we got the dlc a little bit sooner than we're getting for scarlet and violet but i'm pretty excited to see what what the roadmap for for the dlc is going to look like maybe we'll get a trailer here in the future or something like that and more you know some more information about when home will drop or something along those lines but it's just kind of neat i like when they sort of plant the seeds of stuff coming ahead of time in the anime They've done that a few times in the past, and I've always just liked that when it, you know, the anime and the, and the video game are talking to each other in a way.
1: Yeah, we're still waiting on that, uh,
0: that early spring twenty twenty three home date reveal, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, early spring. I guess as long as it's not what June thirty first, I guess it will be fine. That's right. Yeah. You know, and after this you you mentioned, um, just like, you know, how, kind of how
1: fast this time's flying by, and you know, right before we know it, DLC will be upon us. This is like just from my perspective like this is my first time ever being a part of the like the seasons of vgc and how everything kind of rolls out it's extremely fast i I i didn't even expect it but it feels like we've got you know regionals one after another and then we've got like ocic EUIC, naic like it all just comes so fast and then boom you've got worlds and then oh yeah right after that here comes the dlc and then we just do that whole process all over again for the next year. I actually really
2: didn't realize how fast it was until I, you know, jumped in, uh, what worlds last year at the end of worlds. Yeah. It's really fast. I was just thinking the same thing, you know, like, I think I started watching, I think it was EUIC last year. And so now that we've come full circle and I've watched for a whole year, it's like, wow, that really went very quickly.
0: All right. Um, Well, this last piece, I'll just take it as I sort of already alluded to it. But the global challenge number two is this coming weekend. And just like the first, the top trainers will have their chance to earn championship points towards that world's invite. So I guess the big question for you both, are you guys planning to partake in the global challenge this weekend as well?
2: Uh, Yeah, I will definitely be attempting to play. I'm a bit busy on the Saturday, but I will be trying to get in as many games as possible. Um, I still need to find a team for it, especially a closed team sheet. I haven't really put too much thought into that, but I'm sure with the teams that I've built prior, I can definitely adapt something to make it a little bit more suited for closed team sheet, but it should be very fun and, you know, we'll see how we go.
1: Yeah, I plan to enter this one as well. I did not get a chance to do the last one that we did. Ah, you know, I missed that Pokeball bag. But it's okay, because now I have a chance <laughs> to get a Gray Ball one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100% certain on what team I want to use just yet. Um, I know we've got a few days to lock in, but, um, you know, I'm open to ideas. I, I, I've got something that I'm kind of working on, and I'm going to see if I can't get it built um,
0: in-game, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I- and that is, that. that's the thing. One thing that I don't like about the registration for those is you can't just like sign up and then figure out your team ahead of time or like later on, you know, it's like you have to know your team because you have to lock in your team when you do your registration. So it kind of like doesn't leave any room for maneuvering or changing it if you decide to at the last minute, which means you kind of have to either know exactly and definitively what it's going to be or... Be available to lock in your team, you know, before registration ends, which I guess is like eight PM Eastern or something like that on Friday or on Thursday or yeah, maybe it is Friday. But regardless, just yeah, for for those people out there that are like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to give it a shot, but I'm not sure what. If you do want to do something, if you don't have anything by the end, just do a team that you already have in game, because that way you. You can use it, and you can't use rental teams, which is also, I think, a miss on on their Mm. part, for sure. But all right, moving from championship points being awarded on the ladder to championship points being awarded at an international championship. The one in London took place this past weekend at the European International Championships, where one Paul Chua took down Gabrielle Agati to win EUIC. Very, very exciting. It was quite a thrilling matchup between these two balanced teams that were a near mirror of each other, five of the same Mons, with the only difference being the Dragon, with Paul bringing Roaring Moon, which never saw the field, and Baxcalibur for Gabriel, which did come every single game very very exciting you know final match went to went to game 3 so it's like at the end of the day after at the end of 3 days of competing it all comes down to one single game to crown the champion and congratulations to paul it's quite the achievement you had some notes on this championship jack
2: yes i did so one thing to note is paul has got second at an international before but this was his first victory so congratulations to him uh yeah so very interesting with the caliphon arcanine Fluttermane, Amoongus, amungus and tinglu cores popping up everywhere at the moment Um, and with two of these top players being able to pilot the teams to great success some interesting things to note though is that Gabriel took a little bit of a spin on this balance team to try and give himself an edge, which was that he was using Substitute Palafin to do better into opposing Amoongus and to have no Protect and Clear Smog, clear smog on Amoongus uh, in order to beat opposing Don Dozo. Um, another interesting point is that his Arcanine did have Howl, Uh, which was very pivotal in working alongside his Baxcalibur, as well as his Palafin, And the combination of all three of those Pokemon with their different sets certainly set him up for success to run through the tournament.
0: Yeah, and we're definitely going to get into the individual teams and how they all function and whatnot, because something that we were talking about pre-show that I think is just really spot on is when balance is so prevalent, like it is, I mean, the fact that we had a mirror of it in the finals, it's like, which team is built or has the specific techs to be able to beat the other balance teams? Because when that is what you're going to be facing the vast majority of the time, especially with, you know, Fluttermane and Amoongus being a just a phenomenal pairing, and we're seeing them, what, I think combined it was like, uh, Fluttermane was what, like 68, 70% or something More. like that on
2: day one? More? On day one, Fluttermane was 79, on 79% of teams. and a And Amoongus was 58%. And then moving over to day two, it was on 77% of teams and Amoongus was on 62% of teams. So really high conversion rates for both Pokemon. Jeez.
0: That's insane. And like, it makes sense because they, they do pair really well. I mean, with redirection and just so much power coming from Fluttermane. And yeah, it's...
2: Yeah, Fluttermane's just become that Pokemon that's so versatile. It We know that it can live almost any hit at least once because most people run it with heaps of defense and HP investment. And it just... we Even with like even four special attack EVs, it can unleash, you know, crazy amounts of power. And just sitting it next to something like a moongus or Arcanine to Intimidate or Tinglu to lower special attacks, like, it can just live and deal, you know, chip that matters, especially in balanced games.
0: Yeah, and with something as powerful as Fluttermane, if it's able to attack twice and get off that, that much damage twice, you know, especially if it's using a, a double-targeting attack like Dazzling Gleam, that can just clear a board, almost. And that is, you know... Quite impressive for it to be able to do. Let's jump into these teams so we can cover them from number one down to number eight. <laughs> We're gonna bookend with our pauls. So let's start at the top with Paul Chua's team. We touched on it briefly. So we had the palafin with wave crash, haze, jet punch protect, pretty standard set. Uh we have the choice specs flutter main with your standard three moves and then thunderbolt being that fourth slot, which makes sense because there is a ton of Water Terra out there in the meta right now. We have a fairly standard Safety Goggles Grass Terra-type Arcanine with Flare Blitz, E-Speed, Willow, Wisp, and Protect. Citrus Berry Moongus Terra Water with three three standard attacks. Or uh, a Spore, Rage Powder, Pollen Puff, Protect. Uh, we have Roaring Moon with Booster Energy. This one's a little bit spicy because it's the Booster Energy Acrobatics Terra Flying set with Throat Chop and Dragon Dance and Protect. And then this one was fun. I wish I got to see it in the finals at least once, but AV Tinglu with the Poison Terra type, with Stomping Tantrum, Ruination, Heavy Slam, and Sand Tomb. I had to look up what Sand Tomb does because I kind of forgot. And it's basically just like a trapping move, essentially, but that's uh, very interesting tech to throw on there to be able to trap those Pokemon in and then have your big damage dealers to just prevent them from switching out pretty cool team i mean seems fairly standard but i'm sure the evs are going to where a lot of the change occurs but this is your standard balance team get your fire water grass core plus
2: flutter main ting Lu and the dragon of your choice i think uh some things to note about the team is i think one For Paul, I'm not sure if it was Paul, but Sand Tomb was shown on stream and it was used into a Dondozo. And essentially, it was just, it got the last bit of chip to kill the Dozo, which was really interesting. But the other thing is that for Palafin Balance teams, one threat to it is the Terra Grass, Terra Blast Dondozo. And some have even been running Oblivious to prevent Arcanine from intimidating it. So the Grass with safety goggles, even though that seems a bit weird to have both, it's to stop Dundozo from being able to kill Arcanine and allowing it to get the Will-O-Wisp off in order to let Halif- Palafin haze it.
0: Makes sense to me. And I don't think it's overkill at all. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're seeing half a teams, if not more, running Amoongus, you got to have multiple ways to be able to stop it. What about you, Tyler? What stands out to you on this team? Any, anything in particular? I like the D-Dance uh, Roaring Moon here in
1: particular. Uh, I just thought it was really good tech. It usually seems like Roaring Moons are running either Tailwind to support the entire team um, or D-Dance just to be really selfish and boost their own attack and speed. Um, I think the D-Dance here fits really well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, especially since like this team doesn't necessarily need Tailwind, right? So it can just rely on itself to be able to, to set up. I've talked to some people that they don't see, they don't think about Roaring Moon as the best in the sense that it was definitely much more prevalent, I feel like, in in series or in Regulation B, I guess. It's kind of died down a little bit now, but it's one of those things that, you know, you may not bring it to the majority of your matches, but when you do, it just absolutely pops off and can just rip, thro- rip holes through teams if it gets, you know, plus one, plus one. And uh, that is pretty neat because it you know, plus one Dragon Dance on speed, especially if you're getting that attacked booster energy, you're uh, probably going to be faster than most things in the format, outside of those, you know, booster bundles and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I and mean. also
0: for those that say that, you know, Roaring Moon is actually
1: Roaring Mid, which, you know, in many cases I would agree, Paul Chua did not. Paul Ruiz also did not. You know, we we're, were skipping the line a little bit, he's down at number eight, but when you're looking at the top eight and you see two Roaring Moons, that's 25% if I can do math, that's not that bad.
2: Yeah, um, with the Roaring Moon, I think as well on Paul Chewer's team, it's that the other five Pokemon are so strong, it can just be that six Pokemon that doesn't have to come to every game. But for matchups like Mousehold and Annihilate, it's extremely strong against those two. And so just having a Pokemon that can patch up those weird little other matchups is extremely impactful.
0: All Well, the other member of the finals, Gabriella Gatti, brought also, like I said, five of the same six. There are definitely some, some changes here. So we have Palafin with Substitute over Haze, as Jack mentioned earlier. We have Flying Terra Arcanine, with safety goggles as well, but this one has Protect, Flare Blitz, Howl, and Will-O-Wisp, so no E-Speed, but the Howl there. I love the interaction between the Arcanine and the Palafin, Arcanine being faster than that Palafin, so it allows for the Wave Crash to go off after the Howl had already been used, so you can reset those Intimidate drops or just get massive damage at that plus one. Amoongus with no Protect... And clear smog. This was a an Amoongus that we sort of mentioned or we talked about in episode 19, where I was like, you kind of need protect on Amoongus, or at least everybody's running it at this point. Maybe this is more of like a, a closed team sheet thing, but with as you had mentioned, also Jack Grass Terra Dozo coming back, you can hit them with clear smog because I know a lot of them are going Steel Terra for a while to be able to be to be immune to it. But with no haze on Palafin, clear smog's great for Amoongus. We have Assault Vest Ting Lu, Stomping Tantrum, Ruination, Heavy Slam, and Stone Edge. I hate Stone Edge. I am never going to put it on a single Pokemon, but to each their own. Poison Back Scalibur with Clear Amulet. Love that item for it. Protect, Ice go Crash, Glade Rush, Ice Shard, and then another choice specs, Flutter Mane with the same four moves as Paul's. This is this is definitely one of those more techie teams where it like, you know, at the surface it's like, oh, it's the same, it's five of the same six. It's probably the same thing, but very, very different with just a couple moves difference here and there. So start with you, Tyler. What uh what jumps out to you on this team? Anything you may you want to make note of? Uh, like you mentioned,
1: um there's a stone edge on that tinglu. I don't know why, but I, I will say, you know, between what, what we have stone edge and sand Tomb. i think sand Tomb only has five more accuracy points so i don't know man it's just it, it depends on what you want to go for um i know uh you know david katash is a very prominent user of low accuracy moves that are stronger because it's like hey you know if i hit it you lose and if i don't well then maybe i can figure it
2: out but yeah that's just kind of how that goes one thing that I'm very happy about is neither Tinglu had a Fisher, which really speaks for how the meta's going as it's been a lot more respected Tinglu. But I also think that Stone Edge, even though I would personally run Rock Tomb over it, it's one of those moves that even if Tinglu does miss it, it's not that bad because it probably won't die. So you probably will have two shots at it. The other thing, I think the Amoongus call having clear smog is really smart. I don't think anyone will be able to get away with it from here on out because there probably will be some Terra Steel Dozos coming back. But it's just one of those things that it was a really smart call and it clearly worked out for him. And, you know, being able to replace Hayes with Substitute because of that is just probably what won in most of his games. Like you saw it on stream how many times he clicked Substitute. It was clearly very impactful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And with how bulky Palafin is, it's and the fact that it's just mono water, which is a fantastic defensive type, very few things in the format are able to hit it for any legitimate super effective damage. I mean, we've talked about it before, but there's so few electric types. And when the main grass type is a Moongus, which doesn't even run grass moves, it's like, yeah, substitute is probably going to stay up for a while. And then you have support from Intimidate. You have support from Vessel of Ruin. I think that's that's a fantastic call. Because you can dodge those. Because then you can dodge the Spore. You know, you can dodge the incoming Intimidate. It's very, very neat. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that a little bit more. Honestly. Because, like honestly, Substitutes are such a great move. I was running it on Booster Flutter Mains. Or rather, uh, Life Orb Flutter main Back in Regulation B for a little bit. And it was... It was nice to be able to just sit in front of a Mooncus and not have to worry about getting spored.
2: Yeah, it's a really good move on on Fluttermane as well. I've seen a lot of that. Um, but also watch watch for that substitute palafin in your global challenge games because it probably will be something that comes up quite often. Great shout. Great shout.
0: One of my earliest memories of substitute, and it's not like early necessarily, but I just remember being like Substitute's a weird move. I I don't fully get it. And then I was watching Sun and Moon VGC, and Wolf brought Mega Charizard X with, I want to say it was Protect, Substitute, Dragon Claw, and Flare Blitz. It was like a super defensive Charizard set. And that's when I realized, oh, Substitute blocks a ton of stuff. That's really, really neat. Very cool team. From from Gabrielle or Gabriel, I definitely like I like I like the, like the team a lot, especially since you know Stone Edge. If it does miss, then you have a superpowered stomping tantrum after the fact. So I guess I can see it in that regard too. As it working out. All right. Well, this next team we talked about is that Grass Dondozo that we have been alluding to. This is Alexander Deandria's team, an American went over to London and brought Assault Vest Glomora with Terra Grass, or Terra type Grass. Mortal Spin, Power Gem, Earth Ball, Energy Ball. Pretty standard. Booster Bundle with your standard stuff. Three attacks plus Protect. Grass Dondozo. This one is Oblivious, as you mentioned, Jack. Wave Crash, Earthquake, Terra Blast, and Protect with Leftovers. Choice Band Dragonite with the normal Terra type with that nuke of an attack in outrage e-speed earthquake and ice spinner kind of an interesting move set i don't typically see earthquake on Dragonite, but i like that uh choice scarf tatsugiri with the steel terra type draco meteor muddy water icy wind sleep talk and then focus sash ghost Terra chi Yu with overheat heat wave dark pulse and protect some pretty fun stuff on there for sure I'm torn on Outrage. I mean, it's such a strong move, but just not having control of where that attack's going to go, that to me is just so, so scary. What do you think, Jack? What do you think about this team?
2: I think, like, the Oblivious is really smart. Unfortunately, I think a few people are just one step ahead. Um, But, like, the Outrage, I think looking at the Dragonite set and the rest of the team, it really looks like he's mainly a cleanup mon like he doesn't look he that he be in lead too many times so having outrage is all right because it's normally just an end game like need to kill something bulky you know go for it and hopefully you've got rid of your flutter mains or your you know steel types or something by the end game true but i just think that um something as well the earthquake is definitely interesting because posing glamora could pose a lot of trouble for this team and so you know being able to like terror terror grass your own Glamora and go for earthquake uh can set up toxic spikes as well as kill the other Glamora. so it's just an interesting way of playing mind games and you know potentially setting up self toxic spikes if needed
0: yeah that's a great point because when you have choice band on dragonite plus don dozo i mean it's like one of them's going to clear the field for the other it's either like Dondozo is going to be hitting hard or Dragonite will be. So, and plus, you know, with an abundance of Amoongus, even if it's redirecting that outrage directly into it, it's still doing a ton of damage. Even,
2: yeah, I had a period where I was testing this team for Sydney, a very similar one. And um, even at minus one, outrage will still do at least 60% to an Amoongus. So it's a very strong in that regard.
1: Wow that's yeah, huge so listen I know I'm rushing and I don't mean to rush but can we just talk for a brief moment about the fact that the two finalists who had most exact mirrors of each other minus one dragon difference had to face the same team is <laughs> it did anyone else find the irony in that it's like oh hey man you know welcome welcome to UIC we see you brought your pal your pallets core you've, you've got what you got going on um you're gonna have to beat a glimdozo to get through this good luck yeah. I just, I think that's so neat. It, there's not much here that really needs to be said. I think, I think you know, Jack hit a lot of the major points. Um, I thought the 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 glamour mind games you discussed were like actually really important. I didn't even consider those. All I know is a Dragonite with a Choice Band does a ridiculous amount of damage, um, whether you're e speeding or Outraging. I just like to pretend that Outrage works like Dragon Darts, and I'm just going to hit the right thing every time. Does anyone know in particular why Terra
0: Steel? on Tatsugiri. That was my my only question about this team. I mean, it's going to resist I mean, freeze-dry, it's going to resist uh, um, opposing dragon attacks. You're never going to attack it with a fire type or with a fire attack anyway, so you may as well go steal. I think just the fear of
1: a freeze-dry from bundle is
0: enough to just want to change your Terra immediately into something more defensive. Yeah. Because, like, I, I guess because, you know, I, I've seen, like, Terra water, right, on, on Tatsugiri, because then you get those boosted muddy waters. But... I guess Steel also has, you know, also you're going to be resisting Fairy too, which is nice. So definitely I think there's there's some benefit there. All right, well, since we already brought it up, let's just jump right over to the number 4 team, Joan Pareo aka Dr. Necro, bringing that Glimdozo team that you mentioned, Tyler. So yes, it is the same six but a little difference, a few differences here and there. We have also the Steel type Terra on Tatsugiri with the same moves. Then we do have Assault Vest, Glamora, but this one's Sludge Bomb, Mortal Spin, Earth Power, Power Gem. We have Lumberry Berry with Multiscale on Dragonite, E-Speed, Terra Blast, Ice Spinner, and Protect. You have your standard booster bundle set. This one is, this Dozo is Terra-type grass with leftovers, yes, but it is unaware with Wave Crash, Terra Blast, and EQ. And then we have focus sash ghosts terra on chi So pretty standard Glim Dozo set, it looks like. I think the, the Dragonite is probably the one that sticks out, or not sticks out necessarily, but that's uh you know one of your bigger differences. I do like Lumberry on Dragonite a lot. I think that's a great way to alleviate some of that immediate stress that you might be experiencing with, you know, will-o-wisp or thunder wave or sleep or something like that, that can really shut down a Dragonite. And then you just have the, the rest of your core. I mean, that seems to have figured out what people, or people have figured out what works well with Dozo. I do like the, the Chi Yu on here because the Chi Yu and the bundle really do play well. You could even sometimes lead, you know, or have Tatsugiri in there with it and uh, get that boost from Beats of Ruin. So, pretty interesting team. I haven't run too much Dozo, though, in
2: Regulation C. Have you guys played with much Dozo? I have played a bit of Dozo in Reg C and it's it's very difficult. I think the Grass Terra one is probably more standard. Um, I think Flying Terra could do well, but it's funny because I find a lot of Dozos now, they're not so concerned about facing each other. They just want to do well into everything else. So you'd probably find that. This Dozo is unaware, so it could face it, but just the move set alone couldn't remove a Dozo. So, like stuff like Glamora and the Terra Ice uh, Iron Bundle would be more appropriate for move- removing Dozo. So, it's kind of just like a a Pokemon that you have to go. I'm going to bring it in, kill one or two things, and then try and clean up re- with the rest because it's difficult to keep on the field. Yeah, that, that is that
0: is a very, very interesting take that they're not as necessarily interested in, in beating each other. Because I remember, what was it? I think it was top eight at, was it Orlando or San Diego, where there was that like super long dozo mirror that both of them had substitute and protect and it was just going back and forth. And I think that was with, uh, I think the Frieza was was a part of that. And ultimately, I think they just, like the, the the battle was like canceled after a little bit and only because it, it ran out of time. And it was like only one Pokemon had died of the eight that were brought. It's like, it is, it is interesting to see how much it shifted since then.
2: Yeah. I remember the meta back in series two. It was like, it was Terra steel Don Dozo. And then people figured out that they couldn't beat that with their own Dozo. So they started running Fisher. So then people started running Terra flying Don Dozo and it went around in a massive cycle.
0: Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was, that was, that was funny to see sort of like the, how the, the, the Dozo meta was, was developing.
2: It was a meta all on its own. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember I was, I, I watched a uh, Nino poker bros and he's, he loves Don Dozo. So he was like, now everybody's running flying Tara Dozo. So I can't fissure them. And he was getting you know upset about it, but it was, uh, it was, it was funny to see how they were, you know, first they were ground and then they were grass and then they were flying and and, you know steel and it was just it was funny anything about this interesting to you tyler seems fairly standard from what we already said about the other one yeah it is fairly standard um i'm actually curious so i've seen a lot of
1: Chiyu and flutter and um after you i see i've seen a pretty fair bit of Chiyu and bundle i'm not particularly sure about Chiyu and Glamora. Um, I don't know if they synergize super well. I know that I love Glamora. Um, it's kind of been one of my favorites from this gen, but I haven't gotten to play with it very much. Do you guys know anything about, like, their interactions with each other on the field?
2: Yeah, I've seen it quite a bit. It's actually really strong because Glamora resists a lot of things, and with the assault Vest, it kind of just cancels each other out, so it can still live a lot of things. And it can, you know, Glamora with its base 130 special attack, it can deal significant damage. Like that's one-shotting a Dragonite, you know, it's it's doing a lot of damage. So in the right spot, it can be very uh, effective, but you've just got to find which matchups is right for it. I think the other benefit too is
0: we were talking about this a lot with Stealth Rock's Ting Lu from the last regional that we had in... I guess it was Fort Wayne, and it's like rock damage is usually pretty good. I mean, there there's the there there's the old thought experiment. I guess that if a Pokemon is every single type, rock is still super effective against them because of how everything cancels out. But it's like glamour is good in the sense that, especially, it's fast enough. Kind of that if you can hit an if you can hit an icy win with bundle. I mean it's it's gonna pretty do pretty good damage into you know, Dragonite, Arcanine, Bundle, uh, Chen Pao, some of the, you know, even and like then you get poison damage as well into Fluttermane. So or you know, and also rock into Max and Chi Yu. So I, I think there's definitely some benefit there to it being faster, but Mortal Spin is also just a really cool move to be able to get that double poison, and then you get protect stall, and then when things get poisoned, it's like People aren't necessarily, at least to my end, at least when I'm building a team, I don't think, you know what, can I live an attack after I've been poisoned? You know, so because like sometimes it throws off some of those damage calculations and some of the EVs that you put into bulk to be able to live specific things that, you know, got a given health. But when you start losing your HP over time slowly from that poison, it can be pretty good. Or rather, if you're the person that's suffering from it, pretty bad.
1: Yeah, and then especially if you're running something like a life orb where you're slowly dealing damage to yourself every attack you make, um, it can it can stack up really quickly.
0: Okay, well let's move on to James Evans, this one is a little bit of a spicier team, it's not your standard balance, not your glimdozo, but instead it is Talon Chomp. We have Talon Flame with the safety goggles, Ghost Terra with Brave Bird, Will-O-Wisp, Tailwind Taunt, Booster Bundle, av hands with fake out wild charge drain punch and heavy slam i love that heavy slam has come back onto iron hands it was dropped off for a bit people were running volt switch and then it came back to to heavy slam so uh with the Terra grass choice specs on Goldengo with the steel Terra type for those boosted make it rains also shadow ball trick and thunderbolt then you have your life orb. Guard Chomp, EQ, Rock Slide, Stomping Tantrum, so no Dragon Stab on there, which is fine. You don't need it. And then Flying Terra on Chen Pal with the Focus Sash, giving it Ice Spinner, Sucker Punch, Throat Chomp, and Protect. Definitely seems like a very hyper-offense team. I do like these kind of teams. Set Tailwind and then just click buttons, and you win by turn three. This is neat. I like this team. And what's funny, too, is it's like, I can see definitely how this would do really well in in the meta because you know you have your fake out, and you have your fast tailwind. And you know what guys? Goldengo just doesn't go away. It's it's like it's probably going to last the entirety of the generation just because it's such a good good pokemon. I do like to see the the steel terra on there. I know that a lot we're going water terra, but the steel's nice. Do you like to run these types of teams, Jack? I don't know. What's your what's your what's your team build typically like
2: i was gonna say i'm looking at this team and for me i'm thinking there is no way i would be able to find success with this (laughs) i (laughs) really no i am very much more like i have played hyper offense but that was back when dynamax could give you a little bit of bulk but i am very much a i need to be in control of the game and you know with hyper offense it's kind of like if something goes wrong then you kind of crumble and i don't like playing like that Um, I think James is an aficionado when it comes to hyper-offense. He's played many, many tours with hyper-offense, you know, and he's very good at it. I think he just has an intuition of how to lead, how to play, and clearly it works out for him. I think Goldango, you're right, he's got such a good defensive typing and, you know, does stupid amounts of damage, so it, it will just never go away. But, like, yeah, this is a team that... Clearly, is very, very powerful. But yeah, personally, not for me. But that's only because I know I would just not be able to work around hyper offense.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where if your opponent's able to get a nice defensive switch and you start hitting for not very effective damage, that's when you're like, oh, crap. Well, maybe I have something in the back that can help me. Or if like they're able to stall out Tailwind or something like that, they can, you know, really make it difficult for you. But uh about the team, it's it's in, in particular, Tyler. Anything uh stand out to you about it that you that you like or that you'd like to steal from it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I love the synergy
1: between Talonflame and Goldango. It's just clicking buttons, just just going tailwind and then a make it rain or a shadow ball or a thunderbolt turn one and just completely removing something off of the field or with make it rain potentially two something depending on how your opponent leads it's it's
0: a ton of fun yeah this is definitely one of those teams i feel like that if you get the right lead your opponent is uh definitely on their back foot right from the go so you definitely have to know your matchups you have to know your flow charts you have to know what is what is good and what and uh and go from there
2: yeah that's i think something james has to be good at because you know looking at this team there's no way of stopping intimidate so he has to lead correctly I really like safety goggles on Talonflame. It just enables it to be able to click buttons without being at much threat of you know losing to a and also the Terra flying on Pao. We have seen that before, but it works really well with Garchomp, especially with those Life Orb earthquakes. Just being able to deal as much damage as possible.
0: Yeah, and uh, Garchomp's one too, where it's like I've, I've been. I was trying out to to get it to work. With um, like Corvenite and, and and Gyarados, and you know, have more flying types around that way, you can just click EQ without worrying about it. But this team, there's only one dedicated flying type. Sure, there's Protect on here, and there's a Terra type flying on on Chen Pao. But I feel like if you're, and obviously, obviously it worked out. I mean, in order to get you know fifth at, at EUIC, but I just I just know me personally when it comes to positioning, I'd be struggling to be like i want to click eq but i i don't have something that is immune to it right now and i and my protects on cooldown so i don't know it's uh that's that's the other thing too with hyper offense especially when you have a spread move like earthquake it's like you have to really be thinking two and three steps ahead to make sure that everything is going well and you're not able to you're not you know accidentally clicking wrong or you get hamstrung and you're not able to attack the way you'd want to
2: yeah, I yeah. think just one more thing about the team uh, from me is that um, I wouldn't be surprised if he clicked earthquake next to the terragrass iron hands multiple times. Like on one of my teams, I had terragrass screamtail with choice scarf, uh, great tusk, and my game plan into mousehold goldango was to terror click howl as many times as possible and just earthquake until goldango died. And so it was just like that's that's just what it is sometimes, and you know this james is very good at playing hyper offense so he'll just find lines that most people won't have even thought of
1: i mentioned actually iron hands Terragrass, eats earthquakes like there's no tomorrow he is a hungry hungry boy for those earthquakes he he (laughs) can sit there and just take them i think i've ran calcs uh i want to say it was it's anywhere from like a three to five hit ko depending on how it's ev'd
0: i mean there's a reason that Iron Hands really shot up in in usage for for this tournament. It was the number 2 most used Paradox mon behind Fluttermane overtaking both Great Tusk and Iron Bundle. Maybe something for people to be on the lookout for. I mean, you know, fighting, stab and electric as we've always always been talking about there's not much electric in the format, so maybe this uh it could could return cuz it was definitely everywhere in regulation B. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back. It was, I think, the ninth most used pawn or something like that. So, all righty. Let's drop on down to number six, Julio Tarlo, rocking a pretty fun team as well. Another Goldengo and Chen Pao. This one is Chen Pao with your uh, Ice Spinner, Sucker Punch, Sacred Sword. I do like Sacred Sword on Chen Pao with Protect and Ghost Terra. Here is your Water Terra Goldengo with a Citrus Berry. uh, protect, make it rain, thunderbolt and nasty plot so no ghost stab on there, which is interesting safety goggles, grass, terra, arcanine with flare blitz, will-o'-wisp e-speed and howl, so dropping that protect to make sure they can fit both e-speed and howl on there we have protect haze, wave crash and jet punch on palafin Lumberry, multi-scale, terra flying dragonite with terra blast dragon dance, stomping tantrum and e-speed And then a pretty fun Amoongus set rocking the Akaberry with Terra-type Electric, Spore Pollen Puff, Rage Powder, and Protect. Again, a a bunch of different variations on some of the more common Pokemon that we are seeing. Seems like, really, I mean, the Palafin main four moves are pretty much figured out, except for that innovation of Substitute. But this team seems neat. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's like bulky offense, I guess you could call it. Because you do have the the redirection, you have the setup on Goldango, you don't really have any speed control on it. You, there, you know, there's, there's no icy winds, no tailwinds, no trick room or anything like that. So it's kind of just like I'm going to outlast whatever it is you're throwing at me and I'm going to come back at you much much harder. So, I like those kind of teams. You do have some priority on it as well. This seems really fun. I bet this is actually really fun to play. What do you think, Tyler?
1: Any team that has a Terra Electric Amoongus on it, you you know <laughs> it's be a good time. Um true. I, I'm a personal fan. I know we just you know discussed two different gold dangos. I'm a personal fan of the Terra Water. Um, I'm a little more, bit more partial to the lefties, um, a bulkier set. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this. This is really good. You know, Qian Pao didn't really see too much prominence there in the top four, but it's it's nice to see, you know, here in the in the back half of the top eight. Um, I, I think it's really strong um having that what have, what have people been uh calling it uh mega weavile, I think.
0: It completely sense. replaced Weavile in the uh in, in the singles metagame. Not that we talk about that, but it's like there's really no point to even use it. Chen so so busted. It's fun. Plus Weavile lost everything that made it good, so right?
2: They just they stripped of it like knockoff and I mean I guess it gets ice better now, but yeah, I mean, I, I use Weavile in Sword and Shield to get, like, top 100 on ladder. and oh, really? Because when uh, Landorus was so prevalent with yep. uh, Triple Axel, and now it's just not it's not there anymore.
0: Yeah. I've used uh, Sneasel in, in Draft League, and that's so fun. Because it's, like, one of the faster fake-out mons that can't be faked out because it gets inner focus. I wish that Weavile got inner focus. I wonder why they stripped of that. That could actually make it good, because then it would, you know, be immune to Intimidate and be... Being... Pretty busted on high ice high, high speed and high attack. But we're not talking about the, the, the theory mon, you know, of of Stunfisk. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think, Jack? Do you like this uh this like bulky offense team?
2: Yeah, this does look really fun to play. I think it's funny because there is a little almost cult of terror electric Amoongus players running around. But I really like how everything synergizes really well. You the dragon dance as well as the how can just make dragonite run out of control palafin is obviously palafin doing palafin things um Goldengo, the citrus berry i've played citrus berry Goldengo before and it feels really good like it's it can live you know get three hit ko by a lot of things with that citrus berry and the thunderbolt is very interesting but that's probably just his take on being able to you know beat opposing palafin and it looks like it could work uh it's definitely an interesting team but certainly very fun
0: yeah i i like it i think it seems risky to not have protects on arcanine but you know what i mean if you're getting the, the boost from howl and e-speed it's probably worth it and i do like the the dragon dance on on dragonite also again dropping protect for it to be able to get set up i mean you have the multi-scale plus Lumberry, so there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to set up at least one Dragon Dance assuming that you aren't faked out or something like that, because you're going to be, you know, taking re- reduced damage and you can't be status. so I think that's neat because then again, you're just going fast and hitting hard. A high
2: skill team to master, but oh, a very sure.
0: fun one to play. Alrighty, we're down to our final two. We have Ilias Rufagalis Rocking a balance team. We have Tinglu with Lumberry, Terra Water, Stomping Tantrum, Fisher Heavy Slam, Protect. Booster Flutter with Moonblast, Sub, Shadow Ball, and Protect. Spicy set. We have Haze Palafin with Jet Punch, Wave Crash, and Protect. Citrus Berry, Terra Water, Amoongus with your standard, t- standard moves there. Assault Vest, Iron Hands with Terra-type Grass, Fake Out, Wild Charge, Drain Punch, and there's the Volt Switch. And then Terra Flying Arcanine with Safety Goggles, with Flare Blitz, will-o-wisp, Protect, and Helping Hand. So another interesting move on Arcanine that's coming up. I mean, we saw with Helping Hand on Gyarados, that popped up a lot in Fort Wayne. I mean, the Helping Hand boost just helps you do a ton of damage. And especially when you're building a balanced team like this, that can help you to break through those other balance cores. So, I think it makes a ton of sense. And the Lumberry on Ting Lu, you know, it can't be, is that way you can prevent burn and, and, uh, spore and just continue to attack back. The Substitute on Fluttermane, I think that's really cool. Do you you ever use a Substitute on, on Fluttermane, Jack? Is that, is that, or like, do you mess around with Substitute at all?
2: I've tried to mess around with it and I think, like, going against it and using it, it's one of those things that if they're not ready for it or they don't expect it, it can just run over a team. Like, it is very good at just being able to live on the field and it can win you games. It's a very good Pokemon. There's the Fisher we were all waiting for as well, by the way. I
0: like this team. Looks pretty neat. It looks uh, a little bit, I'm not going to say slower paced necessarily, but it's your, your standard balanced team. I do like the the substitute on Fluttermane, as I mentioned. I do like the the helping hand on Arcanine. I think this is this is a very interesting way to run balance where you are getting the boosts where you need it and um the redirection as you need it. So and I think this probably speaks to why Iron Hands is popping up more in usage, is because it does do well on balance teams because it's just very bulky and you get fake out and you you can switch it out if you want with like bolt switch and, and whatnot. And Armaruj and NDD have really fallen off because of Ting Lu's presence specifically so you are f- more free to run a little bit slower of these fighting types so I think it's I think it's neat I like this team it's you know probably if I'm if I'm gonna try and run balance I might want to do something like this because I don't because I do like to I do like to do big damage I will say like that's that's something I do enjoy and helping hands is really you know obviously helpful with that but uh Maybe I'll mess around with this team. I don't know.
2: I think it's smart. It's almost like you said, it looks much more bulky as a team, but that helping hand is really crucial in being able to deal big damage. And I think if that team was lacking anything, that's what it was. And the helping hand just makes up for it, which is really nice. And last, but certainly not least, Paul
0: Ruiz. Tyler, I'm going to lead off with you on talking about this because you've actually been using this. So... Run through the list. We have annihilate with Terra Water Drain Punch. Bulk up Rage Fist. Protect. Covert Cloak on Iron Bundle. Ghost Terra Freeze Dry Encore. Icy Wind Protect. AV Arcanine with the, the Terra type Grass. With Flare Blitz. E Speed Snarl. Close Combat Booster. Roaring Moon with the Terra Flying type. Acrobatics Breaking Swipe. Tailwind Protect. Leftovers on Goldengo with the Water Terra type. Make It Rain, Shadow Ball, Nasty Plot, and Protect. And then Safety Goggles, Mouse Hold, with, of course, the busted ability of Friend Guard, Ghost Terra, Follow Me, Beat Up, Super Fang, and Protect. So, like I said, leading off with you, Tyler, what about this team is one that really spoke to you that you wanted to actually start using it yourself? I
1: saw this team day two when, you know, Paul Rees was on stream, and I immediately fell in love with this thing because... First of all, it's the only mouseape in the entire top eight. That's exciting to me. I know a lot of people in the community despise mouseape, but that's not the <laughs> fun lead about this team. To me, the fun lead about this team is actually mouse holding Goldango. Yeah, because okay. a lot of people tend mm. to see that, like that mouseape, and they're like, "Okay, we're leading Flutter. It's not even going to be a problem." And then you don't see Flutter in the lead. You see Goldango. With this ridiculous terrorist or a, yeah, terra water, make it rain. So you're like, oh, okay, now we got a problem. I got to shadow all this thing. Or you think it's gonna follow me until you moonblast the mouse hold, right? Protect turn one on mouse, nasty plot on Goldango. Clear the field with make it rain. Turn two. I, I can't tell you how many games I've won just with that turn one, turn two set alone. Um, it's so powerful. It's so much fun. I think uh, Covert Cloak on Iron Bundle is not used quite as often anymore. It's definitely a good item for it if you're not going to run something like a booster energy or like a sash or something of that nature. Arcanine Assault Vest, same exact thing, right? Like it's so underused now. When you put it on Arcanine, who is already pretty naturally bulky, it just turns it into a powerhouse. And then you've got, you know, the flare bits to do. Stab damage. You've got extreme speed to have the priority on the team, um, and then you have pretty decent coverage with Snarl and close combat. Obviously, Snarl is used more towards lowering the special attack of Pokemon that might be in your way. Um, I really enjoy that. The Roaring Moon is the Terra Flying variant with the booster energy, like you had mentioned, um, and it's got the Tailwind. So if you you know need an extra boost in your game, it's right there. You can outspeed everything on the field. Um, the breaking swipe is really fun. A word of caution, though, for anyone that does want to use breaking swipe, be careful. If you see a fellow mouseape or king gambit on the other side of on your opponent's team, getting a switch in and hitting a king gambit does not feel good <laughs> because activating that defiant boost uh, is never a good time. But yeah, that's that's those are the main things that I have to say about it. It's just a really fun team to use overall.
0: Yeah, that is that's that's very that is that is cool. There's a lot of techs on there. I I do like covert cloak on iron bundle. So you can, you know, um, like avoid a lot of stuff. It's, it's really neat. I like, I like this team. It's, it's, I also too, I like mouse hold a lot. I don't necessarily think that, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need it with annihilate, but when you have something like encore is so, so good, that's great into, into balanced teams. So I'm curious if a team archetype like this is maybe going to pop up a little bit more because when it is so techy. It's able to beat some of those, you know, a little bit more defensive or, or balanced based teams. What do you think, Jack? Is uh do you like these these types of teams?
2: Yeah, I think this is really smart. I'm I was an avid advocate for mousehold in series two. I loved using it, even if Annihilate wasn't there. Um, but I think this team is really smart because Mousehold Annihilate and Mousehold Goldango are massive threats, and having both of them on one team really forces mind games with leads. And I think, like you said, Tyler, it's really, really smart in that regard. And, you know, the bundle Roaring Moon and Arcanine are really just there to help support these two Pokemon just deal as much damage as possible. And I think it's smart because you always feel like you have the upper hand when you're deciding what to bring because they have to adjust for you. You don't really have to adjust for them. You can just do your thing and then, you know, work with whatever's on the field.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously friend guard is just fantastic as an ability and redirection is great.
2: Yeah. The fifth ruin month.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say that like as someone that's relatively newer to VGC, like you want to have a team that's very forgiving um, in a lot of situations because you're still learning. Right. So having a team that's got somebody like mouse hold on it with friend guard and can, you know, take a lot of that damage away that you're absorbing um you know assault vest where you've got a lot of a lot of bulk it's just it's just nice to have a team that you can make a mistake and like you don't just automatically lose you know something more along the lines of like a james evans where like if you don't hit the right you know attack on the right turn everything just kind of falls apart if you don't know how to pick yourself up after that
2: and to uh Further on that, I think that's also why balance and teams like these are used in tournaments, especially in Europe, because you're playing so many rounds for so long that if you make one or two mistakes, you want to be able to come back for that. And that's why I think balance is best, especially in tournaments, because it's one of those things where if you make a mistake or two, you always have ways to claw back. And that's really, really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the ability to come back is so critical because, I mean, we've seen seen it countless times on stream. You know, correct protect or switch, you know, defensively or something like that can really give you momentum to be able to swing the the battle.
2: And that's why Amoongus with Pollen Puff is like on 60-something percent of teams in day two because, you know, being able to heal something up is incredible.
0: Yeah, especially the the heal on switch. Like, there were multiple times when... You know, in the finals where Paul would switch in the Arcanine or switch in the Fluttermane to, you know, burn a turn of sleep and would just Pollen Puff that slot, Pollen Puff that slot and be like, I I know that I'm going to take damage. I know that my Amoongus is going to be able to live whatever, you know, you can potentially attack me with. So I'm going to try and just get that free switch basically without having to sacrifice him on as you might have to do normally.
2: Amoongus is also the best Wo Chen counter from experience. Yeah.
0: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> No leech seed and pollen puff just does four times damage to it. Absolutely. It does at least 40% every time. Wow. All righty. Well, we are going to wrap EUIC up in a nice little bow on that. And we are going to jump into the last segment to read an email that we received from Glitch. So, Jack, let's have you take this email
2: from Glitch. No worries. So Glitch has said, hey, guys, love the podcast. I'm glad to hear more people discuss BGC and the tactics involved. I'm having trouble joining the Discord as well. I used your link provided, but it said it's expired. Um, the cheese that I saw in the global challenge was Colossal and Bruxish Aqua Jet Set, uh, which is incredible, actually. Bruxish would jet into a rock terror weakness policy coal and then rock slide my team to death. We can't wait for more episodes so thank you glitch yeah thank you that
0: is that is and that's a very fun set it kind of reminds me of those aqua jet you know dragonite sets that we would see into colossal in uh sword and shield but for those that, that were worried about the link i was dumb i did not realize you could edit the length uh, of the of the expiration on the link so that's entirely my fault i've since fixed that and I'm moving forward all of the links in the show notes will be will be fixed. But That's some fun cheese. Did you guys experience any cheese in the uh, the global challenge when you were playing? I
2: didn't actually get to play the first one because I was away that weekend. But I saw a lot of interesting things like um, one thing I saw on Twitter was faint mouse hold into Choice Scarf Annihilate. Oh, so that was interesting. Yeah, (laughs) okay, really really (laughs) fast rage fist. Okay,
0: I guess you'd have to terror then to make sure that you can actually hit it. (laughs) yeah terrified
2: immediately that's
0: cool that's cool what about you tyler did you uh get
1: uh get cheesed on no i didn't get a chance to play Um, i i was working late that day and get a didn't get a lock in the team but uh no i saw i saw a pretty good amount of things on twitter i'm sure
2: we'll see many more this weekend oh
0: absolutely that's the that was the one thing that i saw on twitter that was popping up a lot is that people were like I'm not going to be the one that gets beat next like next time or like I'm going to be the one that's doing the crazy stuff. So I'm sure it's only going to be even more insane. But uh, yeah, we're going to wrap the podcast there. Thank you both so much for for coming on. I, I truly do appreciate it. So we will do our close. Tyler, you want to say goodbye? Absolutely. Stay safe.
2: Be good, everyone. And Jack. Thank you very much, guys. And hope to be here in the future.
1: Definitely.
0: And, of course, thank you all for listening. We do certainly appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed it. Class dismissed.